Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to, yeah, that's probably an ad. This is the Ad Week Podcast, and we are in Cannes in the south of France for the Cannes Lion International Festival of Creativity. I'm with Mick Batiski, a DJ uh, who does some of the biggest uh, brand parties at the festival, and I'm sure at many other events around the world. Mick, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, so one of the things I was curious, is there anything you, how many Cannes have you been to? How many festivals? Uh, um, this is my fourth Cannes Lions. And is there... Is there what's specific, what's unique about the Cannes Lions compared to other big festivals that you would DJ at? Um, well, I mean, for starters, the, the the scenery is much better. You know, you can't, and by by, by default of that, people just tend to be in r- much better moods than anything else. And then the other thing that's amazing about Cannes is like the, just the international uh, audience that's here versus like the versions of these that we do in America. So, of course, we'll get people internationally coming to America for our big events, but here, this is truly an international audience, so the, just the vibe is different musically. It gives you a little bit more or freedom to be a little bit more creative. Just the overall, like, the, the setting, the way people approach how they even create events here is different because I believe they have more of a, a global, you know, person in mind for their attendees. So tell us about some of the parties you're doing this week. Um, this week I'm doing all of Twitter's events, including their big um, party on Wednesday night, which is kind of like always one of the biggest parties here during Lions. I'm doing uh, Pop Sugar's event uh, tonight, which is Monday, doing an event uh, tomorrow for Nielsen, and um, I'm also doing an event for Pinterest on Wednesday as well. And I actually had more stuff, but I'm, I'm flying back home Thursday, and I ended up having to like, you know, I could have worked more, but wanted to get home. So how do you, you know, what's different about your, if I went and saw you DJ at three or four of those for different brands uh-huh. like how do you mix it up do you how much do you customize it for like a twitter versus a nielsen um i mean i customize more so based on what i see in front of me versus like who the brand is though i'm always cognizant of what the brand is and what they kind of represent so if you look at like a, a twitter for example um they're, they they tend to be very cutting edge on music a lot of the artists tend to have their most you know personable moments on, on twitter so musically like that as a, as a brand, I mean, even, even today, like they just ran a whole big new campaign featuring Chance the Rapper, uh, which is really cool. So I could kind of play very, very progressive and very, very, you know, unique there for, for a brand like that. Um, this is a, the first event I've ever done for Nielsen, so I don't know that they're necessarily as forward-leaning as, as, as like a Twitter, for example. But at the same time, we're going to be on a yacht sitting here in Cannes, so everyone's going to just kind of be very relaxed and vibey. Again, what I learned is like if, as long as you don't try to alienate a brand, you could pretty much have a lot of leeway musically because everybody just wants to have a good time. Do they give you much guidance, or do they basically just say, like, we're hiring you because you're great, you do your thing? 
I need them to tell me I'm great. That would, that would make my day go much better <laughs> for all the brands that are listening. Um, no, I th- for the most part, no. You know, I think at this point, people really, they trust me to do what I do. I mean, there's a reason people come to me, and I, and I assume it's because of, you know, that, that trust. So they just say, hey, we just want you to, to do what you do. And then, you know, for me, the challenge is, like you mentioned before, if I'm doing two events a day for three days for all these different brands, like, how do I make them different? So, for example... I'm doing a couple events for Twitter that are earlier in the day, uh, these next few days, before I go do nighttime parties. So I will change up my, my set. It'll be more laid back. It'll be more relaxed. It'll be more people just sitting, drinking rosé on the water kind of afternoon. But then nighttime, we might get a little bit more dancey. We might get a little bit more aggressive. We might get a little bit more fun and, and bring the tempo up a little bit and, and try to create some real energy. You know, and I'm curious, like, I'm sure this is a challenge anywhere you DJ, but can it it's almost becomes a punchline that there's certain songs you're going to hear like every day, if not three or four times a day, like, you know, the a get lucky or something. You're going to hear that every single place you go. What kind of do you see that when you come to a festival like this? I mean, does that challenge you to, you know, pull out some of the more obscure stuff or to try to be a little more? Oh, know, yeah, of there? course. Like, I'm definitely not a guy who who wants to play the, the norm i mean i, I here's we, uptown funk right right <laughs> like this isn't a wedding like if, if uptown funk had just come out i would have played it you know but but now that, that there's a there's like a folder that all intelligent djs have and they all it has different names on everyone's computer but it, there is a folder that essentially means wedding bullshit right which is like songs that were good at one time or maybe songs that are never good but like that once a year when some person flies you to do some wedding somewhere that you don't really want to do but the person's really nice and they have a nice checkbook like you will play those songs at a wedding because they're songs that the grandma and the wife and the groom and the kid and the cousin all will dance to and those have no place at a sophisticated intelligent gathering of of worldwide creative leaders like like can lions well and i guess the other challenge that i always think about too is like you don't want to just be in the background because then they could have just played right. like uh you know a, a mixtape yeah. uh but at the same time you don't want to overwhelm a networking event of you, course you know so how do you find that balance um well that that's a great question um what what i do is is, is a few things um I look around, you know, I'm, I'm really good at kind of like reading a room and, and figuring out like who, who's there and, and what they like. And I can kind of guess kind of like, so if I see people from different parts of the world or I see people of different age demographics, different racial demographics, whatever it is, like though that, all of that, the world's so much smaller now that everybody kind of like listens to the same stuff now versus like a long time ago where they, where they didn't. But I could kind of like pick and choose and, and, I, and I, I have like little things I'll do mentally where I'll play a song and see if I see anybody, especially, let's, for example, you mentioned like at a networking event where people, the vibe is not to dance or, or for, where I'm supposed to kind of like be in the background. But I still want people to notice me. So I'll just play little things and I'll see if these people kind of like look up and be like, oh, Oh, I like that. Or, or, or like if I see like a lady way in the back and like she's, you know, that a group of people over there, I'll kind of see. Or then I even might figure out like where are these people from? Like are, or what company are they from? Or where are they from in, in America? Are they from California? Maybe I'll play, play like some laid back Tupac song or something like that because I know they're from Cali versus like if, 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 it's, a, if it's like a startup that's based in Dumbo, maybe I will play some Biggie or some Jay-Z or some Brooklyn. Just little things like that to see if like anybody piques an interest. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So I'll just kind of keep going but beyond that i have a lot of other things that i throw in in between that to just kind of keep the vibe i I know where i want the vibe to be and i'll just throw in little easter eggs to see if anybody like you know catches on and then kind of feed off their reaction yeah because what ultimately happens for me and what's great and it's led to so many other business opportunities it's led to friendships it's led to all sorts of amazing stuff is somebody will come up and say and 
I can't believe you played that that Tribe Called Quest song at a Nielsen party on a yacht in Cannes. And I'll be like, dude, we grew up loving them. It's like, why would you not play that right now? And then they're like, and we'll end up having like a 20 minute conversation. And then what ultimately happens is next year I'm doing the party for them on their yacht too. And so it, it becomes like, mu music becomes the ultimate icebreaker, the ultimate, you know, dialogue starter. So I, I'm assuming word of mouth or just recommendations is probably how you get a lot of these gigs, right? Like someone asks, who, who do you know who's a good DJ for this party? Or, I mean, how do you end up getting all these different uh, bookings? I mean, I'm very, very, very meticulous with personal branding. Uh, I'm very, very cognizant of my website, my social presence, uh, things that I put out there. You know, it's all authentically 100% me, but it's also very much the me that that I, I feel is is the most you know beneficial to working with my clients and I, I have a very distinct type of client that I like to go after and you know I, I I would say it's a combination between that and as well as as what you mentioned I think a lot of it is people will see me at something and be like oh I wonder who that guy is we need to find out who that guy was or they'll come up and ask me I do think I have like a lot of respect in my world for for what I do and I'm very fortunate to have that I'm very lucky and so a lot of it does come from that sort of situation. And, and then also a lot of my stuff, honestly, is like his repeat business, too, and, and which, I, which is to me like a great, you know, stat to have. Like I, I very rarely don't get invited back to do somebody's thing the next year or the next season or whatever. And, and that means I'm doing something right. So I'm appreciative of that. What are some of the biggest uh, mistakes that DJs make, especially when you see people kind of just starting out or, you know, what, what is the thing that the, you've learned from experience is just, either don't do that or you know the biggest advice you would give to, to aspiring DJs um, I would answer this two ways one from a like a technical musical perspective there's a lot of DJs that don't understand uh, timing and pacing and, and, and flow and it's no different than uh, uh, an, an, an editor where, where you, you have to like realize you know how how you want to release your content and how you know when does it when does it need to peak when are the most people on your site when you're going to do this like it, it's the same thing with music if you're opening for me at a party or you're me doing a, a, a four o'clock event that's a more relaxed event it's not the time to play the 10 hottest records in the world right now right and if you think it is then you're you're, you're wrong and a lot of times I'll walk into an event that could be a networking event or I'll walk into an event that's like a nightlife event and there'll be somebody like opening for me and they're playing like the most like the Drake song that's like the biggest song in the world right now and they're playing at like 11:30 at night and there's 20 people there and I'm just like what are you doing like why would you do that because you you're, it's like first of all as a human why why would you want to play the same play the song now that you know you're gonna have to play a hundred times over the next two months that's like that's not even creative that's not even exciting but secondly it's like you're not seeing what's going on in front of you like people are not ready for that when you go to a great restaurant there's a reason there's like four or five courses like you have to like prep people for the main course and that's true in any exercise of creativity uh djing as well um the other thing i would say was it just amazes me and amuses me how many um djs as well as just people in entertainment in general are not aware of, of their personal brands and, and what they're putting out there and how important that is. And for me, um, that's just been something that's been very paramount to my career since the beginning and it's evolved a lot over the years, but uh, I spend actually infinitely more time on my business matters than I do my creative matters and that enables me to have this career. And we were talking before we started recording about kind of the changing nature of 
marketers, you know, that, mm-hmm. the, that they're actually, the idea of a cool CMO isn't as nearly as rare as it used to be. Oh, and no. That's got to be great for, for your line of work of like. Yeah. You, well, here's what's funny. Okay, so a decade ago, uh, I moved to New York 10 years ago. Before that, I grew up in Ohio. I was, I was in grad school. I got an MBA in marketing. I was going to be on the CMO path, right? Then all of a sudden, I just, this was how I paid for school. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Let me see if I could keep doing this. And it worked out. And so I moved to New York, and, and, and here I am. But now what's funny is all these guys that are like the CMOs and the COs and the CEOs, all these new, younger, cooler companies, they're all like maybe my age, slightly older than me, and we all grew up loving the same stuff. So we actually have this ultimate, like awesome, common bond of, of music where they don't want their, their, their events to feel old and stale they want their events to feel like young and, and vibrant and cool and, and because we all kind of speak the same language culturally it enables me the opportunity to come in and just just play for for, for them and and it's just and, but the difference is that they are so in tune with their audience because when you look at what's happened with the way we consume music if you look at how we like expound on what we like everything socially everything whatever it's just brought the it's narrowed this gap so much to the point where there's not music that 50-year-olds like and music that 30-year-olds like and music that 10-year-olds like. And obviously, to a certain extent, there is, but there's so much more overlap now than there's ever been in the history of recorded music just because of ease of finding music as well as just like how today's 50-year-old is really like the 40 years ago's 35-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, a, it's such a different mind state that it's, it's just such a great time to be in entertainment because everything converges right in that center point. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and uh, look forward. To, I'm going to be at least uh, one of the one of your parties this week. I think. So. What, what can I play for you? What am I going to play for you? Oh man, I got I got to work on that. Like all my. What do you? What What is your favorite? I want group? you to play Uptown Funk. Oh, just to ruin we'll to your do that set. At, we'll have to do that at an ad week party. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. Uh, I will work on a on a good recommendation. I was trying to think like if there's a track that that. When you mention like that makes everybody perk up, like uh-huh. like prairie dogs popping out of the the hills, and uh, you know I've got to figure out like what is that track for me? I, I think uh, apparently the last night we were all talking about uh, old school Will Smith. And people's definition of old school with Will Smith like changed based on their ages. Absolutely, well, you know, not not to keep going, but that's so funny you mention that because like for me, old school Will Smith was obviously like Fresh Prince and Jazzy Depp. They're yeah. the reason I got into DJing in the first place. Jeff and I actually do a lot of work together, and um, uh, we, my it was like parents just don't understand and summertime and all those songs. But you're right. There's like a whole other audience, like the millennial audience. Old school Will Smith is like getting jiggy with it yeah, and all exactly. that stuff. And it's just like if you played something from like. Fresh Prince days outside of the theme song from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air they don't know what it is yeah one guy last night he's like what do you mean he had a song about fighting Mike Tyson I was like he had a song about Freddy Krueger oh yeah and they <laughs> he got was, like, he was like the weird owl of hip hop for yeah. a year or two there that's amazing well I'll, there we go I'll play some I will play some <laughs> old school and, and newer school Will Smith stuff alright well thanks so, so much for thank coming you. on the podcast appreciate it. we will be doing more of these throughout the week so uh, keep an eye on your podcast feed and keep an eye on adweek.com where we have lots of news coming out of uh, the Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity Nick thanks so much and thank you. Uh, we will talk to you soon